my dad told me this story. Uh, his he went to my grandfather and said like, "Hey, I'm I'm struggling in insurance and like this is one year in. How come I'm not crushing it?" And my my grandfather, who was a hockey player as well, my dad played in the AHL and. Uh, he just said, hey, John, like, how long did it take you to become a professional hockey player or be a really good hockey player? He said, oh, it's 20 years. He's like, how can you expect that same thing to happen in insurance? Like, it's going to take time. You're going to have to enjoy the journey, enjoy the process to become the type of insurance agent you want to be. And I took that same philosophy, which is a sports philosophy, into business and said, okay, I need to understand that. The first five years, there's going to be a lot of heartache. I'm going to get a lot of no's. We're probably not going to do $10 million in revenue. Um, but know that as long as we're improving each year, I believe 10 years, five years from now, we'll be able to exit at something that we all can say that's a championship win. Times is your currency. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. If it is your first time checking out the show, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you being here. This is Pat McCauley, as always. This week's episode, I got a good one coming. Um, I really enjoyed it. I sit down with Jack McNamara and Nick Palangian. Uh, Jack and Nick are two of the guys behind the startup beverage brand True, which is based here in Boston. Uh, Previously, I believe they were called True Energy. Um, And just this past May, uh, during the pandemic, uh, they were able to raise a million and a half dollars to rebrand and launch a whole new line of functional beverages. Um, So some really exciting stuff. coming from them that uh, I encourage you to keep an eye out for. Uh, But we connected through a mutual friend of ours, um, and I learned of their story and was doing some research and had to get these guys on. And uh, again, being in Boston, it was was nice to do an in-person podcast, which the pandemic has kind of been preventing. So it was nice to connect in person with people again on the show. Um, and their office was super cool. It's literally underneath a jujitsu gym, um, in Natick and like the entrance is through like a bulkhead, uh, behind the building. It was one of the best office setups I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, uh, Jack actually has been living there for the past four years, um, living above in the jujitsu gym, uh, somewhere (laughs) and then, uh, running the business from below, um, and we talk about kind of how all that uh, transpired and, and why uh, they started True from there. Uh, we also talk about the many challenges and the pivots um, and all the lessons learned over the past four years, um, how they keep the energy high in the office, what sports have taught them about business. Uh, Jack uh, and Nick both come from uh, a line of very successful athletes, um, and Jack played professional hockey as well. Um, the role exercise and diet plays in their lives, how their perspectives on health have changed since, since their sports days, why Nick has recently removed alcohol from his life, um, what advice they have for young people looking to pursue their passions or start a business, uh, what's next for True, we talk a little bit about what's coming, um, how to find mentors, 
um, and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, at one point, they were firing a bunch of questions at me um, about kind of some of the changes I've made, and uh, it was just a bunch of fun. Um, again, just really awesome guys. I really enjoyed getting to know them, and um, I think what they're doing is great, and I'm rooting for them, and uh, I encourage everybody to to check them out. I'll leave uh, links to True and um, everything they're doing in the show notes. So uh, give them a follow, support them. Um, a great, uh, again, great group of guys doing doing really cool stuff. So without further ado, the dynamic duo Jack McNamara and Nick Palangian. Times are related is your currency. Don't ask any questions you don't want the answer to. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I just I want to know how close to this mic do I have to be? It's about this close, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. I would say like as long as you're like if I'm here. Yeah, I like wouldn't this. like lean super far back. Okay. Um, you're good there. Yeah, because I've seen podcasts and I see people being reminded to talk into the mics. So yeah, I just, I just like I, I just like turn up the volume after the fact you go to that side i'll go okay. to this side and we talk like that All right. yeah, <laughs> i don't get up. too crazy with it have yeah. you seen talladega nights um, i have but not in many oh. years but it's when he doesn't know how to talk to the mic and his hands are in there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i'm in the true headquarters here which is i should I, i'm going to come back in after this episode and film the entrance that would be which awesome. i'm which i'm sure many people do <laughs> some are shocked some are think this is cool some think we're psychos but yeah whatever, whatever floats your boat yeah. all good it's definitely a it's a memorable one like so to paint the picture for people that don't know parking lot i thought it was a nice rink over here but i'm told it's a tennis it's tennis, a tenni- tennis court yeah, yeah. Tennis tennis basketball court, yeah. right so i was like all right so it's kind of industrial type park going on with some gyms and whatnot and then behind a building the bulkhead and you guys just have the bulkhead doors open, and it's like, we're down in the basement. You got, like, the gym floor mats going on and stuff. You guys maybe get some workouts in here, maybe? Designed by Jack. I mean, we got to show you upstairs after this. It's a jujitsu oh, okay. facility above us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, like, yeah, it's nicely matted, but upstairs, wrestling mats, whole nine yards. So give me, how did we end up here? Uh, so... We're in Natick, by the way, for people yeah, listening. We're, we're in Natick, Mass. West of Boston. Uh... A mentor who actually grew up playing tennis with my mom. He's a fellow entrepreneur uh, in his 50s. And I met him through with the same high school type of connection. He said, hey, Jack, what are you doing? And I said, well, uh, I'm probably going to go live in Boston in a gym, work at a gym, and kind of start growing this business. He said, oh, just come live at my gym. I was like, what are you talking about? And and he just said, come by, Natick. I'll I'll show you the place. And he brings me to this 30,000-square-foot facility. Uh, brings me down the stairs, shows this amazing gym, and then opens up a side door and another side door to this little apartment. He's like, this is yours if you want it for a couple of months. I said, okay, that sounds great. Uh, Four and a half years later, I'm still there, and uh, he's he's letting me stay. So that's how we got here. Uh, Started in the conference room, and then eventually he let us take the space generously over here, and no one was using it. So he's like, do what you want with it. So we just painted the room yesterday, and uh, yeah, little by little, we're heading in the right direction, both as interior designers and energy drink entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah. So, so give me like, give me a little lead into why you a decided to live here. Did you have the idea for True before then, 
Or did you just say, I'm coming to live here and I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, but maybe, maybe uh, start something? Like, what was, the, what was the process? So I actually came up with the idea while playing pro hockey in Europe. So we were in, uh, it was Norway at the time. Every locker room I've ever been in from peewee hockey through the pros, like energy drinks that are artificially sweetened, yeah. uh, artificial preservatives, artificial flavors. I was like, why as athletes are we on like plant-based, paleo, whatever kind of specialized diet you're on, yet when you go to perform you're putting all this garbage in your body. Like that did not make sense to me. So that's when I decided, okay, let's create a functional beverage we could feel good about putting into our body that still provided the same benefits. Um, so I went from Europe, took a job in software sales, lasted two weeks and three and a half days. Uh, <laughs> walked in there and said, I don't think I can handle another cold call to a CTO or CIO. And uh, basically a month later, I moved to New York, participated in two accelerators and moved back home with my parents was living there for a while which was awesome for a week uh <laughs> and then moved to natick and we've kind of just been building the business ever since and this guy next to me has known me for 15 years so he was kind of watching the journey uh from the outside lens and psychotic enough to join me i guess Thank you, Nick. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, Nick, yeah. give, give the you, outsider's man. perspective here as somebody that... So, I grew up uh, being coached by Coach Mac, his father. <laughs> gotcha, um, okay, and okay. And playing with him, him and his brothers. Uh, he's got a brother, Joe, that's my birth year, so we played all growing up together. Um, and then practices were pretty much joined between age groups, so I was on the ice with him and Mike as well, and then Kevin was a little older, but... I mean, we used to do like this pre preseason for fall hockey trip to where was that? New Hampshire. Oh, Waterville Valley. Waterville Valley. Yeah, that's Waterville. where I was yesterday. It's the be- it's That's where I ran yesterday. It's a great place. place. Will always have a, have a spot in my heart. Like yeah. that was some of the best memories ever. You're running around with all your friends, getting pizza, like bopping little ice cream place, to ice cream place, and just you know swimming and all that stuff, playing hockey. But um, well, I remember we were just we. We got we always got along, and then we did another preseason thing up in Vermont once, and we were running hills, and you each had a partner that was about your size, and Jack and I paired up, and you'd like run the hill with one guy on your back, and then you'd he'd get off and you'd run down, and then the other person would go, mm-hmm. and Jack's going up and down the hill with me on his back, and won't <laughs> let me down, like you know what I mean, and then. I, I, so we get a little older and I'm going through college and, and I was playing like hockey, which practice would end at night and then lacrosse and fall lacrosse would be right in the morning and I was dying. I was, they had true, uh, the energy, the true energy in the um, vending machines and I was drinking them and I was talking with Jack and I was like, my friends like these and this and that. And then as I just sort of progressed through the couple years after college, I was kind of hoping for Jack's call and then we started chatting a little more and then I was waiting for Jack's call. And now I'm here. Well, we did have that call, by the way, and I was like, "Hey, Nick, let's let's have the serious conversation now." And and it went well. He came into the office once or twice, and then I just said, "Hey, Nick, like sleep on it." And I ended up getting a call like that night saying, "Okay, I'm 100 percent in." I was yeah. like, "All right, you're in. Let's do this." <laughs> <laughs> now I make him carry me down the mountain for the record. <laughs> and were you doing those few years after school? Were you doing? Uh, any type of work or were you just waiting for the call? No, so I was jumping around. I had like an internship with the Bruins uh, in communications for a couple months. 
I ended up getting a job uh, at State and Liberty, which is a clothing store, also started by a, a, an ex-hockey player. Um, and I did that for about a year, managed the store and did some events and sales and all that stuff. And then I went and worked at uh, like a sales job. And so it's kind of the same thing as Jack. And that's, I think, when I really started to reach out to Jack. I was like, Jack, I, I can't be doing this. Like, what, 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 and then he came and I was like, Nick, you're going to be doing sales. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was phenomenal. What a surprise. No, but it was, it was pretty much that was my path. Um, did just a quick internship, about a year of work. I, I ended up... Uh, getting like shoulder surgery. And then I was really interested in, um, the health thing. Like I was eating like, you know, bone broth and all the, like everything that could boost my health. And then I sort of stuck with it cause I was living at home for a little bit, moved back out. And, um, yeah, it just, I mean, again, it just all came together. It was just a matter of timing for him. And I, I was ready at any point. Like I dropped everything, took a week off for Christmas and then I was here. Yeah. 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 How has sort of, as ex-athletes and still athletes, I, I would imagine looking at you guys, you're still active and working out and that sort Thank of you. stuff. Just an occasional curl here and there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the record. Um, how has kind of your approach to health and wellness evolved since kind of your sports days? Like I was like all through my football days and sports days, it was just all about protein. Right. It was all like I was like four eggs in the morning every day. I was chicken for lunch. I was steak for dinner, like maybe some broccoli on the side occasionally. Yeah, but like yeah. it was just protein. It was whey protein shakes post-workout. It was pounding pre-workouts. It was like I did that for 25 years, you know, 100 percent. And I completely pulled a 180 over the past, you know, five years for my health. So I'm curious as guys that come from. I would imagine similar backgrounds um, in terms of nutrition and, and perspective on, on health. How have you kind of evolved post-sports? I mean, I'll start with this one. You can take it. After, yeah, yeah, I'll finish uh, it off. So for me, at least, I, I always considered myself kind of a, a healthy eater. But what does that actually mean? That makes two of us. Yeah. yeah so like I in college, I, I thought I was eating healthy by having an omelet and peppers and onions and some toast and some fruit and some yogurt. But the one thing I, I, I didn't realize is like, I'm putting all of this stuff into my body and then I'd, I'd have to go take a nap after like literally 8am nap after that, uh, pregame meal. We're talking loads of chicken parm pasta, eat as much as you possibly can. And I'd wonder why I like always felt sluggish. Yeah. And it wasn't, <clears throat> I had a not to get you off. But yeah, it's continue. so ridiculous, but we would, like my five roommates in college, mm -hmm. we would each order a buffalo chicken pizza. Every It was our ritual before game day. Like, yeah. that's what we ate. F large buffalo Wild. chicken pizza. Everybody ate it, the, like, the day before the game. You know, we yeah. were waking up at 7 a.m. and getting on the bus and, like, going to the game. It's just, like... Yeah, it's just <laughs> so backwards. No, no, it's it's so ridiculous when I, you think about it now. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, like, say I'm, I, I thought I was being healthy because yeah. that's what was being marketed to us not only in terms of like television, that that's a whole nother uh, conversation, but even the coaches that I've always been around, like it was like high carbs, high protein, like carbs are energy, protein builds muscle, eat as much as you possibly can and work off the rest of it. And I just noticed the the sluggish feeling was the biggest thing, like digestion's another problem. And I, I always felt like it took me a period in the hockey game to actually get moving. 
And it wasn't until after hockey that when I started doing true that I started looking into ingredients and looking into different diets and, and looking at what works for me and what doesn't. Because, I, I mean, I, I am a believer in certain diets more than others, but I also am a believer that different people react to, to different things more than others. And the one thing that I wanted to stay true to for our brand was making sure that we could create a product that regardless of the diet you're on, you could feel comfortable drinking our product, whether it's low carbs, low sugars, low calories, plant-based, whatever. Um, that's what I always felt strongly of. So we won't launch a product unless like Nick and I would feel comfortable performing in the Stanley Cup finals, drinking it. And mm. that's kind of where we, we stand. But I'm curious as to your kind of process. Yeah, so my dad grew up in like an Armenian household, I guess. So like, yep. you know, a lot of food, finish what finish what's on the table, all that stuff. So like growing up in high school and stuff, I was eating a lot of pasta and all that stuff. Um, but then Armenian, then, Armenian, like their, like their pig and their grilled. Yeah. Like, like any kind of food. Like shawarma, it's, I'm thinking. Yeah. Right? And like dolma, <laughs> like all, all that stuff. And like uh, Lama June is like the pizza. It's like very thin crust, but it, it wasn't like so much the food. It was just like the eating habits. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. like a little, really young kid, I, we had all the food around, but then it was just became more about the, the eating like a ton of food and I guess I was young so my metabolism my metabolism was fast and stuff but as I got older and like to college and stuff I remember like not wanting protein shakes because I was I was just like if I eat like a chicken sandwich I'm gonna get all the protein anyways I don't need two yeah. meals and then but it was always carbs there was always carbs at every meal I always thought I needed carbs everyone's pre pregame meals were always pasta there was like I remember there was cannolis at all of them too, for some unknown reason. It was it was tasty, but but <laughs> <laughs> it came with a yeah, cost. Did you win yeah. that game? That's what it said. But then when I was home, my mom like uh, she wasn't feeling right for like a year, so she went vegan, and then she sort of digressed to just dairy free, gluten free. My sister has like some sinus stuff when she has gluten or dairy, so she's dairy free, gluten free, and my dad is now too. So whenever I'm home, it's like so easy to eat well. But then when I'm on my own, it's so easy to order a burrito on Uber Eats. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So it's it's like I've gone months or a month at a time here and there where I'm eating you know, almost zero carbs or doing like some sort of diet, uh, like clean eating, all that stuff. But I just haven't made it my lifestyle. But I, I know, like, if I eat a sandwich at lunch, it's a lot different from if I, like, go have two green juices. And I'll do that sometimes for three days, and I feel, like, loads of energy. But it's funny because I've always been told I need carbs for energy. It doesn't really work that yeah. way. Yeah. For me, at least. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's funny, like, like, I've had similar evolution, and it's just, like more just like eating to feel a certain way. It's yeah. like, I don't give a shit about how many grams of protein or carbs or fat or sugar is in this. Yeah. Like I know this banana will never make me feel like shit. I, I know it tastes good. And I don't appear to be lacking anything when I eat that stuff all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, just kind of like a common sense thing of it's like, all right, you know, your, your family there that wanted to, you know, cut out gluten and cut out, you know, uh, lactose, it's like, it's like, well, you never have to cut out fruit. You never have to cut out vegetables. You never have to cut out healthy foods because yeah. that's what we should be eating. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's just like so common sense. But I think in the sports world specifically, we get, 
so caught up with like the macronutrient words and we associate those words with certain foods, right? It's like, well, you need a hundred grams of protein a day or whatever. And it's like, well, what's protein? It's, it's an animal or it's eggs or it's milk. Right. Um, and we're definitely seeing in sports now that changing quite a bit, but, um, I just think it, those words in particular, like misled me for so many years and misled me into shitty health when I thought I was eating healthy. You know? 100%. If I um, could go back, the one thing yeah. I would change is my eating habits. Like a- every game, we would have a pizza after. Like yeah. every two seats, we get a pizza. Yeah. And now when I eat, I can barely finish a salad because I get full. But if you put a pizza in front of me, I'm going to finish all eight slices. Exactly. And I don't know why that is. And maybe it's like your body, at least I've read this, that your body recognizes these ingredients. But when you eat a pizza that's all this like artificial crap infused into it your body doesn't recognize it you could eat tons of it yeah and that's a that's a big problem for me personally and it's just it's hard to find a lot of products out there that are are truly healthy and truly plant-based which is why we always make the justifications for what we eat and it's just a slippery path yeah which is why we wanted to create something at least in the sports and energy drink space that we could consume and feel good about consuming i i want to see more kind of products out there that do that just because I do get tired of eating salads. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I had somebody on the show, he he had a line, he said, hunger is your body's search for nutrients. So you can sit down and you can eat two large pizzas and not get full um, because you're not really giving your body any nutrients. Like, you're, it's just kind of like empty calories, right? Exactly. But yeah. if you sit down, you have a big salad with beans and all this stuff on it, right? Your body is getting nutrients, so the you know the hunger kind of signal turns off. So when you give your body actually nutrients, you know you you stop getting hungry, and that's why you can binge eat shitty food. You know, yeah, makes yeah. a lot of sense. It does yeah. make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Pat has just changed our lives. I think <laughs> True has just got a little more productive. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about. I want to get into the process of. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show, right? That have ideas that you know maybe are at their sales job and fucking hate it right mm-hmm. and they're trying to get out of it and they have this idea and they want to pursue something and i feel like the space you guys are in is probably a common one that people have ideas around right everybody kind of has the ideas for an energy drink or a bar or like that Absolutely. seems to be very common and a very crowded space so i want to know kind of how you went from idea to where you guys are now? That's a loaded question. <laughs> a, uh, a lot of pivots. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how, how it initially started was an idea. And in hindsight, I think over the past five years, we probably could have done it in two and a half years, knowing what I know now. Yeah, sure. Uh, so a perfect example of this is when I stopped playing hockey and stopped the sales job, I invested my life savings, which was like 10 grand at the time. Uh, into a manufacturing run in China to, to get this really cool custom-made uh, prototype of a bottle. Because I thought marketing was first. Yeah. Then you have a cool formula, and then you find a way to get it to the masses through distribution. It's it's actually, quite frankly, the opposite. <laughs> you, you, you really need to find like a facility that can manufacture the stuff and then find a bottle that works on their lines and then find the, the formula that goes into that bottle that works. And then, yeah, so I literally did it backwards. So don't do anything I did. Um, but through that process of going backwards, I 
realize like where the inefficiencies are, what kind of adjustments we can make. And uh, it's my long-winded way of saying I burnt $10,000 on that run. Uh, the product we got was crap. And one of the people, one of the suppliers I talked to in China said, uh, and this has stuck with me ever since, they said, there's no such thing as a lowest price, but there is a price point at which quality diminishes and that's a diminishing factor that you will not want to accept as an entrepreneur. So like Nick and I can negotiate all day long for a price, but at a certain point, Nick might say, okay, uh, I'll give it to you this price, but you're not going to get the same quality product. And that's what I did in my first iteration. I didn't ask the right questions. Uh, I chose the cheapest product and turns out I got a product that was leaking. I got a product that just wasn't something you give to a consumer. I literally just trashed it. And as you can imagine, you can't get a refund in China. So that was a learning lesson. And the thing I learned from that was don't be afraid to ask questions. If someone's going to start a business tomorrow, whether it's in kombucha or a protein shake or a protein bar, it would be like literally watch every single YouTube video you can on that. I'm sure there's some sort of class on it. Uh, ask as many friends you have who are entrepreneurs of how they would start it and then try to find industry experts and, and say, what would you do here, here, here? And what would be the first step? And for each product, it's probably a different first step. Um, but you need to be an expert in it before you start. And I know uh, Mark Zuckerberg and like the fail fast. I don't agree with that. Thank I, you. I was I, just talking about this the other day. I really believe that... I don't agree either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really believe that if someone's going to throw money at you, it's in, it's in uh, it's almost unethical to just burn their money to the ground with you trying to learn. You should be learning as fast as you possibly can so that you can make the right decisions to create a product, whether it takes 12 months or 24 months. Don't fail for the sake of failing to learn. Yeah, I totally agree. I think like... That term, you don't you don't succeed fast, right? So why would you fail fast? Like you're sitting here four years later, right? And maybe just at a point now where you feel like you're in a good place and getting some momentum, right? And it's like, for me, if the goal and like what you're doing still makes sense, like you don't change that. You just change how you get there. You know, you don't stop chasing. Like you're, tr you're still trying to solve the same problem, I would imagine. Absolutely. <clears throat> And you've just had to change the way that you're solving that problem versus like, oh, it failed, you know? Yeah. It's like it takes perseverance to, you know, get anything done. And yeah, that term I've always hated. It was big in the tech world when I was in the tech world. And it was like, like I saw people that come out like, you know, back when apps were like really big. It's like they'd come out with their first iteration, like they'd they'd let consumers give feedback, right? And then they change the entire direction of the company the next day. Absolutely. And it's like, what the, like, it makes no sense to me. I mean, we um, had the same issues with our original product. Yeah. We did a formulation. It tasted like tree bark. It was super functional and did everything we said it would do. But the end consumer, whether it's a, a mom at home or an 18 year old kid, they wouldn't give us a second chance after that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, sure, there's millions upon millions of people in the United States, but you need to prove it to every single person that you give the product to. Just like Kobe Bryant, every game he played, he wanted to play for that first person that's ever seen him play. Mm -hmm. And for us, I want any person to try our product for the first time to become a loyal customer and continue to buy it. And we made a bunch of mistakes early on with taste, with functionality, with bottle design that I don't think we're ever going to get 90% of those people to try our product again. 
which saddens me because we've been working so hard for five years and I feel like we're back to square one. But we're armed with so much more knowledge to make this a success now, which is why I urge people like, hey, if you're creating a lemonade, make it the best friggin' lemonade anyone's ever had before. Mm. People will talk about that and that's the greatest form of marketing. Mm. So tell me what's in this thing. The most recent uh, version. So ironically, we started with True Energy, which is like a healthy, natural energy shot uh, without naming any names. There's a grill in the room who makes about a billion dollars a year. Um, we wanted to create something that still provided that same sort of boost of energy or something comparable, yet you wouldn't get a crash or you wouldn't feel crummy after, you wouldn't have buyer's remorse. And that product has all eight B-complex vitamins, nothing more than 100% of your recommended daily intake because I didn't like how other products had 83 days worth of vitamin in one shot, uh, whether you let that leave your body or not, however <laughs> you want to phrase it. Uh, we just wanted to give people what they needed as a nice insurance policy for their day, whether they take a multivitamin or not, or eat super healthy. Um, on top of it, we have green tea and natural caffeine. Um, no artificial preservatives, no artificial flavors, no artificial colors, and uh, we also naturally sweeten it. So all of our products have 10 calories or less, uh, two grams of sugar or less, and then we launched additional products and that's how we really took kind of a big stride um, or milestone in the business instead of just being an energy drink business with 10 different flavors we want to be a functional beverage business with 10 different functions from mm. a focus product for the office a workout product a sleep product an immunity beverage so that you can enjoy kind of boosting your lifestyle so to speak mm. um, so that's our biggest change uh, each flavor comes with a completely unique blend Mm. How have you guys sort of stuck with this process for this long? Meaning, as we were alluding to, I think one of the biggest mistakes young entrepreneurs make is they quit too soon. <clears throat> they want success too fast. Um, and they end up kind of aborting their dream because of it's not happening fast enough. How have you guys, right, as a very small team in a basement in Natick, right, kept kind of the energy and the positivity up to kind of weather the times when you've screwed up and weather the, the days when nothing seems to be going right and nobody cares about your product and all this, all the challenges that have, have come with starting this? I mean, Nick probably is going to kill me because every day I'll be like, all right, Nick, we just need to get 1% better every day. Don't make the same mistake twice. And like, I think if we live that mentality every day, like, yeah, we're going to, Nick and I are both going to have pretty large failures from now until an exit. Uh, but as long as we don't make that same mistake twice and we learn from it, I view that as an improvement for not only both of us, but the business. I think a lot of entrepreneurs that start, they'll have that first big loss and they're like, okay, the, the business doesn't work. I'm a firm believer that you can make minor iterations or minor pivots that will then make all the difference. And thankfully, I forget who told me this, but they were like, hey, Jack, whatever your initial concept is, I will almost guarantee you, you are lucky if 1% of that original idea is still a part of the exited business. Mm. And that has kind of proven true for us. Like, our original bottle design, which was a rectangular prism that I, I love and we still sell right now, in our brand refresh, we're 
getting rid of that completely because we found that when we talked to customers, they were like, I don't know if it's a tablet. I don't know if it's a powder. I don't know if it's a beverage because people are used to drinking a certain format. So at the end of the day, our original idea that may have got us into these accelerators is an idea that we're scrapping completely and almost starting fresh. Hmm. And I thought that was something that I would take to my grave and never drop. Um, the other big thing is really listening to feedback from people. Like if Nick were to tell me five years ago, like Jack, I would do this differently. I'd say, Nick, like ball four, take a walk. Like I'm not adjusting my, <laughs> my ideas. But now when Nick and I have these conversations, I'm very open. And so is he like what, when we have conversations about branding or, or how to, how to do a slogan and, Nick is also our CSO, Chief Slogan Officer. He's come out with some fire lines. <laughs> I've been doing pretty pretty well. What was your My most recent? Yeah, give us an example. Yeah. Uh, oh, for True Dream, drink for an all-you-can-sleep buffet. That's pretty good. I like all it. Right. Sorry. I like the it. The focus one. Oh, drink to be the boss of your boss. And these are all getting... <laughs> these are all getting... Dot, dot, dot on, yeah. on the can. Oh, all getting that. placed on the cans. Uh, this is Nick's just like... Ten minutes of genius. So, just so the marketing, you guys definitely have fun with the marketing. Yeah, it sounds and, like. and yeah. there's directions on them too and stuff. But you know, it's I think it's fun for somebody if somebody wants a focus drink and they pick up the focus and they look at it and they see the directions and then they read the little quip, "Be the boss, your boss." Maybe they get a chuckle out of it. And we're not trying to like push the slogans on people or like the silly stuff on people. But it's a little bit of a fun twist. It's a little taste of what we have going on here. Um, I think like part of the answer to your question is we play a lot of music. We have a game where if we swear, you can call someone out and they have to do push-ups. But you can call yourself out and do less push-ups. But if you get called in the parking lot at Wendy's, you got to do it there. Like outside Chipotle. And if you're late for work? If you're late for work, work out the next day at 5.30 a.m. That may be illegal, by the way. So maybe (laughs) cut that out. An optional workout. (laughs) Worst calisthenics. No, it's, um, yeah, if you're wearing like a I owe you guys some push-ups then. Well, we didn't call you out. I have been saying a few things in the office. Well, yeah, well, the hey, you can call me out right now. Like, really okay, cool. shit. There you <laughs> go. Ray yeah. Lewis, I gotta do there 20 push ups. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then, like, if you wear, like, a graphic t shirt or something, you know, we're, we're not very strict with, like, the dress code, but, like, we just say no graphic tees or uh, anything like that. And then, you, you know, you gotta go get coffee if somebody wants coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, we, we have a small team. We know each other. We could probably get away with different things in terms of forced workouts and whatnot but uh it keeps it light it keeps it fun but it also allows us to have a structure without us wanting to bite each other's heads off type of thing so it's like i I think that's very important um so company culture despite us having like three full-time people and four interns uh you need to make the office fun Mm. um and you need to have people that want to work with you towards a common goal just like you playing football for a championship, Russ playing hockey, or Nick playing lacrosse. Like, I firmly believe the the office should be just like a locker room, uh, barring some comments. But it's like <laughs> it's, <laughs> you gotta be careful. I mean, yeah, it's like it's that. like we, we. I mean, it should be like a uh, a team, one dream, one team type of philosophy. And I don't know. Do you agree with that? Like a ski lodge. Yeah, more like a ski lodge or I don't know. A classroom. It's it's definitely like, I mean, there's so many things that we're focused on. And Jack is definitely the point guard on so many conversations and what we need to be focusing on. Like, we have to switch gears sometimes 20 minutes at a time. You know, there's a lot going on and not one person is focused only on one sector. But it's been a very big focus point that it's fun. And... 
for the most part, we are all close. Um, we do want to build the team. You know, it's going to come with time, but it, it's been pretty cool to have to focus on like bringing energy because there's not enough people where you can kind of slack off on on the energy portion of it because otherwise the day feels different it's it's wild but it's been I mean it's been a huge help to me just understanding you got to bring the energy yeah and then my days have been better my weekends are better like I'm just trained to be up all the time um but other than that you know I I mean it's by having fun in the office but also, like, I'm not talking foosball or ping pong tables. Like, I am not advocating for that whatsoever. No, no. I'm advocating for, like, working towards a common goal should be fun. Mm. And on top of it, it's like, I feel comfortable with keeping Nick accountable, and Nick feels com- comfortable keeping me accountable. And that accountability only makes sense if we're all in this for one true vision. And... I think that's what makes all the difference. Our other business partner, Yash, is currently in India right now because uh, we had some visa issues for him. But he's still on every 8.15 morning call. He's still pushing the envelope forward. And he is just a part of the member of this team as anyone else, despite him not being here. And I think working remotely is another example of it being very difficult to operate a business. But if you have the right players, it works. But everyone needs to be driven by execution. Mm. Yeah, so on that note, how has sports and pro sports helped put you in a position to succeed in business? What do you think sports taught you, if anything? Uh, so my dad told me this story. Uh, his, he went to my grandfather and said, like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling in insurance and, like, this is one year in. How come I'm not crushing it? And my, my grandfather, who is a hockey player as well, my dad played in the AHL, and uh, he just said, hey, John, like, how long did it take you to become a professional hockey player or be a really good hockey player? He said, oh, it's 20 years. He's like, how can you expect that same thing to happen in insurance? Like, it's going to take time. You're going to have to enjoy the journey, enjoy the process to become – the type of insurance agent you want to be. And I took that same philosophy, which is a sports philosophy into business and said, okay, I need to understand that the first five years, there's going to be a lot of heartache. I'm going to get a lot of no's. We're probably not going to do a $10 million in revenue. Um, But know that as long as we're improving each year from a top line revenue standpoint, which we have ever since inception, we've grown the business some years more than others. I believe 10 years Five years from now, we'll be able to exit at something that we all can say that's a championship win. Um, I didn't expect to win the Stanley Cup uh, after five years of might hockey type of thing. Like, I, I mm. think the 10-year overnight success is the only way to build a business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'll piggyback on that. For me, like, a big lesson was, like, you lose games, right? Yeah. You lose games, and that doesn't mean the goal of the season or the year is over, right? You lose a game, it's on to the next game. And it's like, well, my goal of winning the championship, like that hasn't changed for us, right? And it's like, okay, you lost the season. You're, you're out of the playoffs, whatever. It's like, well, we got next year, you know? And it's like preparing for next year. And it's just kind of this like, it teaches you that losing is part of and failures are part of getting to the W. 
And I think if you can have that mindset with everything, and you've, you've mentioned a bunch of your failures along the way here and things you've messed up and would have done different, it's like you have to go through those to become the person in the business that you ultimately will become and want to become, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Like for us, we were missing, with when COVID started to hit, uh, we were missing payroll. And we needed to close a, a round record pace for us. Like for me to raise our initial seed round it took me three years like literally just banging on doors yep. meeting with different investors begging them for money open hat uh taking as many angles as i possibly could to us being able to raise like that second seed round and doing it in 10 weeks type of thing during mm. like a really difficult process and we would have never been able to do that if we hadn't aligned ourselves with the right teammates uh in this case it was genesis innovation and we both took risk at a very risky time and it paid off. But had we not gone through this other process for three years, mm. we would have had no idea how to like ride this wave. Yeah. And I will say that we, we definitely got a little bit lucky, but we would have never succeeded had we not learned from previous mistakes. Mm. So that's something that I've constantly seen over and over again from 2015 on that said, just shut up and like do your work and things will hopefully pay off. And without fail, it has. Sometimes at six o'clock and sometimes at midnight, but it, it, it always found a way to work itself out. Mm. Totally. Nick, you got anything on the sports front? I mean, I, I loved playing on a team. I played all team sports and, you know, I was playing tennis growing up. And my, my father was a pro tennis player and I was like playing four sports. You guys at the come time. from like lineages <laughs> over here. This is ridiculous. Which is why Philly's not an option. We're not allowed at Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, the bar is high when you go home for Christmas. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, I was like in all these sports, and my parents were like, "All right, we'll just cut out tennis. Like we, <laughs> we know like, we have the team sports." And I mean, I loved being on a team. And I was lucky enough to be a captain for a few years and stuff like that. But I, out of school, I didn't realize what I was missing. And then I got here and maybe missing is a wrong word. Cause sometimes you just got to change like life changes, but it's, I'm back on a team. If I don't do something like it hurts the team, uh, if something's not happening, I can actually do something too positively affect the situation all those all those things that give you sort of a sense of purpose are huge just for me personally so that's kind of what I've pulled from it and then also you know the morning workouts and the push-ups and stuff are pretty congruent with what I played sports but it's it's like relatively simple for me and that that's a lot to do with why I enjoy being here um other than just being next to Jack all day Oh, the, the chest and the, the body's looking much better after those yeah, push-ups and morning workouts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what are some things outside of drinking true and eating well that maybe you guys have ventured into on kind of like a health front or productivity front that you might want to share? Any daily habits, rituals, anything like that? Uh, yeah, I would say my, my rituals change pretty aggressively. Uh, for me, I, I wake up at 5 or 5.30 a.m. every morning because the one thing I realized in sports is from a mental health standpoint, if I work out in the morning, I'm sharp pretty much all day long. 
if I don't work out at all, I actually do feel anxiety. I do feel kind of under the weather, weather, and I, uh, I just kind of feel like a slug in general. Um, if I work out at the end of the day, then I notice a, kind of an uptick. So I, I just realize you got to start the day right, and that's one thing that I've added into my routine. Um, get a small breakfast, which is basically oatmeal and strawberries every single morning, and uh, just set the tone for the day. Um, I do try to eat healthy because I notice if I if I do have all those bagels or whatever, I, I do feel sluggish. So there's there's definitely things that you can change or adopt in your lifestyle to make you a more productive human being. But on top of that, just feel better in your mind and your body and in general, which I know is so cliche, but uh, I almost enjoy the week more than the weekends because I, I stay on routine. And mm. it's when I fall off routine that I start kind of second guessing myself. But yeah. your thoughts? I mean, you know, I had a whole bunch of French toast and pancakes on Sunday. But, um, <laughs> it's it's been nice to, to mimic Jack a little bit with the morning workouts and stuff. Um, I wake up a little bit later, like six forty-five. Um, Slacker. I know. I can't believe I just said that. But um, I'd say just my under because because I'm not on a diet or anything, and I don't have any strict rules, but. I definitely understand more now than ever the difference on the, how I feel when I do certain things. And Jack's seen me, like I said before, like go on and off, like maybe like Tuesday through Thursday, I'm like literally just having a green juices and like maybe a protein shake mixed in there. I just try to switch it up a little bit. Um, and I have gone like month and a half with like a zero carb, more keto diet, like a lot of fatty foods and stuff. And feel unbelievable but then it's like three weeks after that's done I'm eating pizza again and it doesn't make sense to me so you know I'm 26 it's I don't think there's a time for anyone to do anything that's that's mandatory but I'm feeling like my energy is going to be low in adulthood if I don't make these switches now and you know at the beginning of the year I cut out drinking completely because I just felt worse after drinking, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it get like, I think it's very similar to food, um, in some ways where, sorry, I leaned back. It's very similar to food. In some <laughs> ways. Um, and I think it just has to do with being consistent. Like I can count on myself to never at any point be hungover. Like I just, I could wake up and do something if I have to every single day, which is nice. It's comforting. Um, and it sort of gives you that sense of not routine, but just ability. Um, so I'm, I'm, I was, me and Jack were both, Jack and I were both excited for this because I think you're going to propel us to, well, I know he's going to be just all over me if I don't eat something healthy, but I, I am very interested in cutting out meat and all that stuff because I eat a ton of it and I don't feel great afterwards. Um, and it tastes good for five minutes Mm. and then I feel bad for five hours. It's like, yeah. The give and take there is a little bit tough. Which is one I, of the things, like, for us entering the podcast, we're like, maybe we have to eat, like, super plant-based for the next three weeks to prepare. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also... Yeah, yeah. I did we want, want our skin to be green yeah. by the time we're filming. <laughs> we wanted to give, like, the honest the feedback. Like, we know what we need to do as humans oftentimes, and we still sometimes don't make those adjustments. It's still hard to apply yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. Like I know. You have the knowledge, but it, it's a whole or, different ballgame to apply We know what all these ingredients do. It's yeah. our profession. Yeah. And yeah. we're just go go to lunch and eat Chipotle. It yeah, makes yeah, no yeah. sense to me. I mean, I, I have been on a plant-based diet before, and I know it makes me feel better. 
yeah. everything about it. But I do revert back, and I don't know if that's my self-discipline and me really needing to take a true dive in. But, uh, yeah, no, we're grateful for you to have us, and we wanted to give you, like, our honest feedback. Like, we're just yeah. being lazy, I guess. No, it's not It's not laziness. It's like a... Yeah, I think, I think like, anything, it, it comes down to, like... Like, there's discipline to it, but it comes down to, like, the reason behind why you're doing it, too. Yeah. And it's like... Like, in drinking is a perfect example. If you have, like, and if you've gotten to a point where you're okay, like, taking out drinking as a 26-year-old, like, I think you have the power to do just about anything. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I mean, that's a great example because, you know, drinking is so normal. We all drink. I guess not anymore. Some of us, right? (laughs) But, like, we recognize that you have a couple beers or whatever it is. Like, you feel like shit in a couple hours and you feel like shit the next day mm-hmm. and it's like okay like i don't care what the science says around it right i don't care if you know they tell me that so-and-so has a glass of wine every day and he lived till 99 yeah. right it's like well i feel worse the next day after doing that than if i didn't right and it's the same thing with with food it's like i had a steak burrito like i feel a lot worse than if i had you know a bunch of bananas right like why is that why does the energy come out of me when i have the piece of steak and the the shit food versus when i have the healthy food yeah and it's just it's the same exact rationale um and it's like the more you sort of like recognize it in the more like days you string together of making the right choices like the harder it becomes at least for me to go back to the other the other choices, right? If you tomorrow went binge drinking, right? You would feel like a mess, a mess the following day yeah, to the point where you would not want it. Right. And personally me, like that's what I, where the point I got to with food, it's like I strung together enough days, you know, weeks, months of eating, you know, whole food plant-based that when I would go back and have the steak burrito, like it floored me. Like, right. because you just kind of experience like a new level of performance. feel good yeah. in performance. Yeah. yeah. And that's where like, that's where eat green, make green came from. It's like, you want to perform well, however you define that. Right. It's like, if you want to be a good mom, if you want to be a good entrepreneur, if you just want to be the best, whatever. Right. Yeah. It's like what you put in your body is important and is going to help you do that. You know, um, I got a question for you yeah. on the diet you're on. Yeah. Do you believe in sheet meals, whatever form that may come in? No, but here's my thing with cheat meals and diets, right? And you alluded to it, Nick. It's kind of like a, to me, it's like a binge and purge type mentality. And I lived that for a long time where it was like Monday through Thursday, I was freaking strict as anything, right? Workout, you know hours each day monday through thursday right just bang out monday through thursday eggs for breakfast chicken and broccoli for lunch steak for dinner and it's like i string together four days right and that's kind of me like that's kind of my purge right and then like friday through sunday it's like you know i'm drinking kind of like I'm, i'm eating the pizzas i'm eating the burgers whatever and it's like all bets are off and then like i i reset myself on monday and i just don't think that's like a sustainable way to do things. Like when I have a, 
you know, a vegan cake or something like that, right? I just don't view meals as like a cheat. Like I'm going to sit there and I know it's not super health promoting, that food, but I'm going to enjoy every freaking bite of it. And I'm not going to feel bad about it. I think like when you eat and then you feel bad about it, right? And you kind of beat yourself up for it because you drank all day Sunday and ate a bunch of shitty food. Mm -hmm. And then Monday, like you punish yourself in the gym, right? I think that relationship is equivalent to binging and purging and and just isn't healthy. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I'm going to eat this cake or whatever because I'm deciding to do it because I'm with my family. I'm celebrating something, whatever. And I'm not going to have any regrets about it. I'm going to, I'm going to feel good about it. Right. Because me feeling bad about it only makes it worse. Right. I only, I only, the problem and the negative effects only compound from it. Yeah. So that's kind of my approach. So I don't, I don't look at, uh, diets or like cheat days, or it's just like, I eat what I eat when I eat it and I'm okay with it, you know, because anything beyond that, I think just becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a question for you. So the podcast is switching. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) So would you say in terms of like mental health? Yeah. Like it seems from my point of view that just to eat the right things and know that they're the right things, that's just such like a self-loving way to live life. And would you say that that had like a lot to do, a little bit to do with something you found out after starting to eat well? Like was, was that part of your motive for switching? Mental health, you mean? Yeah. yeah. In well, particular? You know, not just like general mental health, but did, yeah. did you think like, oh, I feel like an ass every time I do this because I know it's bad for me, but I'm eating, like, did you just want the break from like, just giving yourself a break of like, I'm just going to only put good stuff in my body. Just like, or, or did it just kind of, you, you started what you started, you went vegan or, or whatever yeah. you call your diet. Right. And yeah. then you were like, wow, this is really awesome. I would never want to do that to myself again. Was it before or after? You know, I was like, uh, like I never like decided to go vegan or like decided to go plant-based. Right. I like just, started to change things up right i noticed like when i would have like my big like green smoothie in the morning with fruits and greens in it i felt way better than the eggs right and i just started asking those questions and i went through this period like i was just sick of feeling like crap to be honest with you right and all these things that i'm sure you guys relate to that like i would blame on sports like sore joints and like other like bodily things that i was just like well i beat myself up for 20 years you know yeah, and, it, and I would blame, it, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, I just got to live with this. I got to live with the sore joints and the asthma and all that stuff that I have always had. Um, but when I put certain things in my f- body, like I felt so much better and like, you know, that pain would go away for a little bit or it wasn't as pronounced as when I had the eggs and the chicken and things like that. So it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm just going to experiment here. And if I eat something that doesn't make me feel as good as that smoothie, well, fuck it. Right. Yeah, Anytime yeah. I have something that like the, the old feelings of, you know, being lethargic and sore and those things come back, I'm going to try to go without them. Yeah. And I sort of like stumbled after a few months into like plant-based, like, you know, this is five, six years ago. I didn't know what those terms were. I didn't know. I was just kind of like intuitively trying to find the path for me. And then I started learning, you know, and I, I wanted to see, you know, is this healthy for me? Like, can I eat this way? without you know missing anything right and 
I found, you know, the more I dug into nutritional science and all this stuff that like I was missing when I was on, you know, my previous kind of standard American omnivorous diet. Right. Um, and there's this notion that you're going to be lacking when you like kind of cut out animals. And I just don't think that's true anymore. But for me, it just started with, I wanted to feel better. And from there, like, again, like the drinking is a great example right once you feel a certain way like it's very hard to go back yeah because you just can't like you it'd be hard to string together like three days of drinking for you no, right now. Yeah. like after one you'd be like fuck no i'm not going back there right <laughs> yeah, exactly whereas and that's how it got with food for me and that's Absolutely. kind of the simplest way to say it for me let me ask yeah. you this yeah. for once you made that adjustment yeah in your brain and then brought it into action yeah. what was the biggest change you had and what was the biggest surprise yeah biggest change so when i try something i try something right yeah. so when i kind of discovered like all right eating this way like has some merit to it like i feel amazing right like the like a weekend right i went out for a run right this is when i was just getting into running and i just like i've run this loop by my parents house um you know probably a thousand times in my life and i went out and i set my watch every time it's like a 5k and I shattered the thing right like breathing better like everything in my body is working better and as athletes like I think that's kind of where like I've had an advantage like I know what my body should feel like when I hit the gym or when mm -hmm. I go for a run or whatever yeah. and having this stuff in my body for a few days prior to that run versus what I normally ate was literally night and day like I'm talking like I go out I just shatter like my all-time best ever in my life by like minutes on a 5k Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on here, right? And digestion's working and all this stuff. And um, so I think initially, like, just the feeling of that, digestion was probably the biggest thing that changed initially. Yeah. It was just like, I feel like I had so much food in me. Like, you know, the average, I've since found out the average uh, person has seven days worth of food in them that eats the standard American diet. Wow. When they do autopsies and stuff like that, right? It's like people, they think they're regular. They have seven days worth of food in them. And so right? with your diet, yeah. how many days are we talking? Like I'm under 24 hours. Yeah, like it's like it's in, it's out. Yeah. Like the system's clean. You I'm know? sold. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, but, I've eaten clean before, and the biggest yeah. thing I noticed was energy levels. Yeah. Like because you're – Nick and I were fed – yeah. Carbs and meat and all this stuff yeah. is going to help you perform better and have more energy. Yeah. When it's like the opposite. At least that's what I've found is if I yeah, eat a salad for seven days in a row, you'd think that I'm like starving when in reality I'm full and firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And the same thing, like I've since, I've messed with the times I eat and things like that and, you know, intermittent fasting, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing for me. Like, I've always been taught as an athlete, like fuel, 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 fuel for performance. And it's like when I, like I haven't eaten today, right? Mm -hmm. I'm fucking dialed in, right? And it's just like, yeah. well, why is that? I'm just like, we're meant to be high energy, like feel good in our bodies. Yeah. And when you understand that, like the more you can get out of the body's way and let it be, it's like high energy self mm -hmm. and functioning the way it's supposed to be, like the better off you're going to be. But we're constantly just throwing stuff at it and giving it work to do. And it's taking energy away from us, not giving us energy. Right. So I always think of like when I eat, like I want to aid my body, not hinder it. 
right? I want to aid my body's ability to be high energy and high performing and all this stuff versus knocking it down, you know? Um, but yeah, ultimately, like, the thing that, like, changed my life and why I, like, host this podcast and everything is six months into doing this, all the things I've had as health issues since a little kid start going away. Like, things I carried EpiPens for and, you know, inhalers for and creams for my entire life that... You know, you go to the doctor, it's like, you have asthma, here's your albuterol and your, you know, inhaler for the rest of your life, right? It's like nobody ever along the path said, hey, dude, like, totally cool. If you want to keep living how you're living and take this stuff to manage the problems you've created, that's your choice. Totally cool. No doctor, no parent, no teacher, no coach, nobody in my life said, hey, dude, what you put in your body and how you live and, and, you know... The stories you have in your head and all these lifestyle factors contribute to how you feel and some of the issues you have, right? Mm-hmm. The sad thing is, like, a lot of people view that stuff as, like... Hokey pokey. Oh, yeah, yogi yeah. slash witchcraft, when yeah. in reality, like, anyone who's actually tried to go this route, I've never heard someone say, like, oh, dad, I don't believe it. Like, yeah. it definitely changes your performance. It changes your energy. It yeah. changes your whole body. Helps you feel better about who you are and, and all that. The, the fact of the matter is it's just it's hard to make that commitment to yourself. Yeah. Uh, like it's, you go out with friends and there's the McDonald's trips or the pizzeria trips. And like, those are the moments where I'm like, damn, like, can I have this? But it's really like 20 minutes of indulgence that you may or may not enjoy, but you pay the man those debts for the next three days. Yeah. And that's when I'm starting to realize like it's important to eat cleaner and cleaner and cleaner and I think we perform better and better in the office when we do do that. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of now making that full-on commitment as opposed to going 95% of the way there. Yeah. Let me ask you this. All right. When you said, I'm going to stop drinking, yeah. right? Has that alleviated the pressure around drinking for you? So meaning when you're out in the boat with buddies, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, guys, you know, I'm not, I took the year off from drinking or whatever. Or like, I don't drink anymore. Did that eliminate the pressure of, you know, reaching for the Bud Light and things like that? And I'll explain why I'm asking that in a second. Okay. No, yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that, you know, the general consensus is, oh, like, you can just, like, hold this or hold that. It's like, nobody cares. Nobody, it's when people are drinking, nobody notices anything. So, yeah. I'm, I like that part, the social aspect... Um, only thinking critically about how I'm going to fit in socially. That was never really part of it for me. But when I'm around drinking, um, a little bit of drinking at dinner, a lot of drinking, I just I just look at it and I'm like, yeah, I just don't want that because I know how I'm going to feel. Like, It's like if somebody just gave you like a little, a little pill – that was just going to make you feel bad. Like, be like, I don't want that. Like, that's how simple it is for me. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm going to bed and I'm like, I'm going to wake up feeling great. I'm at breakfast. I'm like, I'm eating the food I want, not the food I have to, because I'm going to feel like throwing up if I eat it. You know, it's just every step is easier. So I don't know if that answers it. Yeah. Like, like what I'm getting at is did like drawing the line in the sand and saying, I don't drink. Yeah. Like I don't drink any longer. Did that like, help from a versus if you said I don't drink that much right if you were like I only drink occasionally right for me like when I 
drew the line in the sand of like, I just don't eat those foods. They're not a part of my life. Like the pressure and the anxiety around them, like what lifted. Like it's it, like if you don't yeah. drink, if you don't smoke, you don't smoke, you don't drink. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it's very easy to say no to. But if you're in that gray area where, well, sometimes I have buffalo chicken calzone, right? Like for I mean, me, I would, right now, I would abuse the gray area <laughs> right, right. and I'd end up eating it. It takes away often. any chance of a gray area. So yeah, the decision's exactly. made. It's like out of my hands made. almost. And there's it's not no even, pressure. There's no question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just so easy to, to deal with because it's not, there's no, op- it's just this yeah. is the way it is and there's no option. Yeah. 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 That, that's been powerful for me. Just that switch. of It's just not on my menu, man. Yeah, and there's like no pressure of it. Yeah, yeah. you don't. It's yeah. I, I that's exactly <laughs> how I feel. You, I know you're talking about. I wish I could have answered it the right way the first time. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the second, second time was Look, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've overthought all this. this stuff. Can we just edit it? I'll sound like a genius. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I did take that blue pill this weekend, and I did have a pizza. Yeah. So, I was like, <laughs> yeah. so give me, give me. We're getting uh, up over an hour here. Are you guys okay on time? Yeah, we're, oh, yeah, yeah. No, so know, we're eating clean so we can okay. go for two hours. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to bring it back a little bit to entrepreneurship here. Advice to the 22, 23-year-old kid or, or adult listening that, you know, wants to pursue something of meaning, wants to, you know, pursue maybe their passion, to use that word, um, or just have more, more meaning, um, to, to get up every day and be excited about their work and what they're doing and, you know, be in a locker room like you guys or something like what advice do you guys have to kind of young people trying to kind of find more meaning and substance? I would say the, the biggest thing is actually getting going. So since I come from the entrepreneurial side, there has been probably a hundred friends that have kind of reached out and said like, Hey, I'm interested in this business and this business. And I always try to do my best to set aside some time because all the entrepreneurs or investors that I've met with, all they said is like, Hey, pay it forward. I don't want anything in return. So I, I do try to do that. And the issue with so many of them is they, they have these amazing ideas that I'm like, Holy crap. I wish I thought of that. But 99% of them don't do anything about the idea. And I'm not saying, hey, Bill, go quit your job. I'm saying, do you truly believe in this idea? If so, are you willing to sacrifice your 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock at night to just kind of start kicking the ball down the field? Mm. And I, I think at the end of the day, a lot of people aren't willing to sacrifice it. They, they work their 8 to 5. They have their relaxation. They have dinner. And, and then they kind of want to unplug for a while yeah there's nothing wrong no there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it i'm just saying that if you're not willing to cut out one to two hours a day for this idea that you think's ground changing or world changing groundbreaking what have you then you're probably not going to cut it as an entrepreneur and it is not in your best interest to quit your job Mm. so that i think would be the one deciding factor of whether or not you're going to be an entrepreneur or not um, because there is so much heartache and as you know, it's like you have to roll with the punches and if you fall down on the on the first one, uh, you're in trouble because there's going to be a hundred punches coming your way. In terms of just like living a happy, healthy life, I think mindset is so important. I think some people just roll out of bed saying they're going to have a bad day and there's certain things that you can change in your routine to 
to affect that positive change. It could be nutrition, it could be training, it, it could be uh, doing your bed in the morning, which we've all heard 10,000 times, but it's like, I think so many people just hope for change as opposed to actually making positive changes. Mm -hmm. And uh, like after listening to you, like one thing that I wanna take more seriously is maybe avoiding that cheat meal and like drawing that line in the sand and going full throttle as opposed to just feeling great 80% of the time. So. Uh, yeah, I think the same thing. Draw a line in the sand and, and jump over it and see see how that changes. But, Nick, what do you think? I'd say if you can find a way to give yourself an edge to start the day, whether it is, like, making your bed, like, it, these little things in the morning, like a workout, like doing 21 push-ups and in your head thinking someone else just woke up and did 20, like, those things make you kind of the main character of your day. I think as an entrepreneur, like Jack wakes up at 5.30 every morning, like he's the main character of every single one of his days. He wakes up, he's in control immediately. And I think a lot of this, a lot of these things, especially like a couple years ago, sound crazy to me. I'm like, I'm not a morning person, right? It's like, you can be a morning person. You just got to get up a little earlier. <laughs> but there's a lot of hours of the day that are maybe social hours or this or that. And like, you know, if your schedule is slightly different, now you can't have that same time with your friends or hop on the phone or any of these things. But it's not that big a switch if, if you can find one thing to five things in the morning or to just say, I'll get this done by this time. And, you know, if it's making your bed and then like, it, even if it's brushing your teeth and then writing down that you brushed your teeth, like just little things that help you be like you in the world. It's, it's, I'm getting a little bit like fugazi fugazi right now, but it's, <laughs> well, you're talking about building a routine, which it's, I, it's yeah. so important. And it's so like, it's so mentally propelling to get you flying through the day. Um, Jack, you know, a little while ago, Jack asked me to start working out in the morning. It's like night and day. You can tell when I don't, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think, I think again, might not be allowed in the working environment to force your employees to work. Out, but, <laughs> hey. No, it's no, no, but you told me that it's as a friend encouraged. off the clock. Yeah, that was, that so was, that was off the clock. It yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. part of hours. And you know what? I'm just trying to affect positive change. Nick. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think there's, I think there's something that happens when you, you know, set small goals and just check them off. Like mm -hmm. set very small achievable goals and just train yourself to kind of check them off. And like each time you do, like you kind of get this like boost of like, you know, I get stuff done and I, you know, I'm productive and it like feels good. Even if it's like, you know, like I write down like what I want to get done each day. Right. And it's like everything from like call mom to like, anything else right to go for a run or whatever and it's like when i check that off on the paper like i i just get like a a good feeling right versus like you set these like i see a lot of people like you know coming back to diet where they're like i'm going vegan tomorrow right and then on day three like they have some pizza with some cheese and they throw their hands up and quit right mm -hmm. and every time they set an unrealistic almost ridiculous goal to go from zero to 60 in 90 days and they fail at it, like the self-confidence goes down, right? And then you go down a notch, you go down a notch, you go down a notch, and you start like telling yourself, well, oh, I'm not a person that gets stuff done. I can't be like Nick that doesn't drink. I can't be like these, these high performers, right? Because you keep like failing at these unrealistic goals. Right. So like, I love that. Like just brush your teeth, check it off. Like it's, as stupid as that sounds, it works. You're yeah, that's you're even, absolutely right. Something that's even dumber is uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll go we'll yeah, just keep, keep getting we'll dumber we'll just keep getting dumber and dumber yeah. right? 
<laughs> I legitimately think that this is the most underrated thing possible is if you walk into the office and smile all day long, I challenge you to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that is like the corniest thing I could possibly say on this podcast. <laughs> but like if I walk in into the car and get in the office and I have a smile on my face, it is tough for the people around you to have a bad day too. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm a believer that it does. It's a mirror. Yeah, I think that it was like I liked how you touched on the checking off of the list because I think there's probably people that wake up and they're just so used to making the bed they make it. I think they might even feel different if they like had a little thing on their phone that were like I checked that off because you're immediately winning. Like you're like call mm. mom. I call my mom every other day, but I don't write it down. I think if I was like leaving work and had a reminder, like this is you know you're getting super organized now but like if i was like oh call mom and i did it i would feel like i accomplished something rather mm-hmm. than like you're just sort of like brainlessly doing things and mm-hmm. um you know just just like the eating thing or the not drinking the, any, any of this stuff if you have a plan to eat a healthy breakfast and you do it it's just a lot different than not really having a plan and then doing something that you know because you weren't thinking forward you just had like a breakfast sandwich on brioche and then now all you're thinking about is I shouldn't have done that and it's just such a different way to go about one day and like 100% it, days add up with that positivity when you're doing the right thing like over and over if you do get to I mean I've personally gotten to Momentum. a point where it's like I'm not going back I feel great right now you know totally yeah I got a question for you Pat hit me what about the people that do screw up like, they draw the line in the sand saying, I yeah. am never going to eat chicken ever again. And then they have the chicken, and then the justifications roll out. What do you think is the best way to deal with that? Your first fallback, your second fallback, yeah. or your tenth one. Yeah. Because at least I've noticed personally is I can draw the line in the stand, and maybe I last 30 days, maybe I last 60 days. Mm. But then I have that moment, and then I kind of go off the rails and, and have the pizzas and whatever for a week yeah. and then I come back. But what do you think is the right mindset if you hit those moments? Yeah, I think I think it comes back to you know, you you lost a play, you lost a game, right? Does that mean you give up the whole season? Right? No, you your goal to eat that way is still the same. You know, you, you lost a game. And it's like, what are you gonna dwell on the game? Are you going to compound that and have that string along for five more games and five more losses? Or are you going to say, no, I'm on to the next game, I'm on to tomorrow, I'm on to breakfast? It's ironic because I just preached that whole thing <laughs> for entrepreneurship <laughs> and I've never applied it with the same oh, there mentality. You go. Yeah, yeah. So it is, and, and it's just like, it is what it is. Be gentle on yourself, but you're on to the next. You know, yeah. Don't beat yourself up, it was, it was one game. Yeah. On to the next. It's so funny. I feel like we're just here to learn. <laughs> no, me too. No, That's no, going to invoice us too. after this. <laughs> Corporate wellness invoice. I think the connection between all these things makes it like, it seems complicated while we're, we're like, while I'm talking, I feel like I'm complicating things, but it makes so much sense to me. Like these small wins in the morning to be an entrepreneur, the five to seven after work every day, like these little moments where just get some stuff done or do something that's just going to benefit you. I think that's kind of the broader scheme of life. Mm. but entrepreneurship I've watched Jack from the beginning and now I'm a part of it it's your life while you're doing these sort of things so it's very important clearly that you're doing a lot to benefit just yourself and doing it in like congruity with the business I guess well I I did tell Nick day one I was like alright I'm gonna be honest with you family (laughs) 
you, your health and your family comes first. But make true a damn close second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then a week later, he's like, true's your family. You know that, right? <laughs> We're family, Nick, so yeah. you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. But it is, it, I, I think it is funny, like, like, I asked advice on, like, entrepreneurship and business, right? But it came back to essentially treating yourself right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, like, super powerful. It's like, and I think that comes, it comes back to treating yourself right on just about anything. Yeah. It's like, I want to be a better mom. Take care of yourself more. Yeah. You know, because you'll be a better mom, right? I want to be a better entrepreneur. You know, get up at 5 a.m., work out, eat well, and you'll be a better entrepreneur, right? And it's like, funny how, like, for me, like, wellness is at the core of, being better at everything, you know? Yeah. It's wild. What is next for True? And then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. What do you see as kind of uh, And can we talk about if you, like, release the rebranded oh, next we step? we can definitely talk about it. Let's like, get into that real stuff. quick, and then we'll... Well, I was going to say, for, for starters, the 530 workouts continue, and plant-based diet is now a requirement. Yeah. At True. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I won't fight you Beautiful, on beautiful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so right now we're going through some, some massive changes and, and all, all for the better. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I can say and what I cannot. Uh, right now we're, we're in the process of launching cans. So we went from an initial energy shot. We launched all these different functions and the shot delivery system. We, Nick is one of the guys who would go out and, and talk to customers. And we found that a lot of these customers, specific millennials, they would say, Hey, I love your brand, I love what you guys stand for, but I don't drink shots. And instead of us trying to convince them to drink shots, we took that advice and they said, you give me a great tasting beverage that I can sit at my desk and enjoy, I'll be a customer. Mm. So we took that information, luckily we have a phenomenal board. Uh, one of those guys is the senior VP of sales at Polar Beverages, and they've been helping us unofficially work on these cans. Um, so now we're essentially doubling our product offering with an energy can that would compete with the likes of Red Bull or Monster. Obviously not at the same scale, but our goal is to own the New England market at, at some point in the next three years. And it starts by having a quality product that everyone can feel comfortable drinking, whether you're on a crazy diet or not. Um, and we've all tried them around the office. We've given them to kind of third parties just to see what they think about them and the taste is there, the product's there, the design's there. We're working with a, a woman named Ellen O'Reilly who has done a phenomenal job and I wish we could kind of show you what these look like and actually maybe we could show Pat, but the, the cans are <laughs> the cans are very sleek and just kind of vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free. We make it very simple for the customer to understand and I, I know everyone's excited about that and quite frankly, we might not stop there. We're looking at tablets, we're looking at powders, so mm -hmm. uh, we want to be the one-stop shop for kind of living a healthy, happy, active lifestyle. Yeah. And it does start with diet and nutrition. Is it carbonated? Yeah, the, the cans are carbonated. Yeah, you know, I've been like, I'm just big into like uh, beer alternatives. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I drink, like, the hop tea. You guys know hop lark? Oh, yeah. yeah. I pound those. Like, have one a night. I love those. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I find myself more and more, as I drink less, mm -hmm. like, those are the beverages I go for that give me kind of, like, that same feeling, end of the day, kind of cold beverage feel. Um, yeah. I think you guys... I think that's where drinks are going. 100%. Like, more and more functional, good for you you know, 
definitely alcohol replacement, but anything else bad for you replacement. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. that's the exciting thing for us is like, I think, I think we've made the right decisions yeah. from a branding standpoint. Like you look at the Mintel reports of consumers looking at more functional beverages, lower carbs, lower calories, lower sugars, great tasting stuff. I think we hit the nail on the head on all those things. Hmm. But now the question is, can Nick, me, Yash, and whoever else we bring on board, can we execute it? Because at this point, I think it's 100% on the team's ability to execute or not. I think we have the right players on the field, um, and now there's no excuses, which is why we need to arrive at the office 100% of the time feeling great, and if we're not feeling great, like find a way to get it done. And mm. that's why I do think it's a team mentality, and um, – I'm very proud of where we're at, but I know we have a monumental task to fight with companies that have $100 million marketing budgets. And the only way we can do that is by being on top of our game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I did have one question that you brought up that I know I get asked a lot, but how Mm -hmm. did you find, like you mentioned the polar guy on your board, how did you find those mentors, right? How did you find the person that, you know, gave you this space initially and kind of the people that have mentored you? Was it just knocking down doors? I I would say some of it's luck, but it's a it's a product of knocking down the doors. Yeah. Uh, so the, the high school I, I went to reached immediately out to their alumni network and they were phenomenal. And every guy I met with, if I thought the conversation went well, I'd say, hey, like, would you be interested in and kind of introducing me to two or three other guys? And if you do your math right, like that net yeah. just gets wider and wider and wider. And the first two to three years, I literally met with as many people as I possibly could. Um, some loved the story. Some probably didn't come from the, the same market or maybe didn't invest in that type of product. But over time, if you cast a wide enough net, you're going to find some phenomenal individuals who were helped when they were younger and want to help moving forward. And uh, personally, I'm very grateful f- to those people. The guy, Warren Cross, who owns this building and uh, has been a phenomenal mentor. He's one of those guys. Uh, Nick's dad has been a phenomenal mentor. My parents have been phenomenal mentors. And I think if you treat everyone with an extra level of, I don't know, care and, and be authentic and uh, be very grateful for their time, they're going to be willing to help and kind of introduce you to the next person. You don't, no one really deserves someone else's time. You have to earn it and be very grateful for what they give you. And I, I try to do that and I think it works. Jack, so. Jack and I were talking about this the other day. Um, you know, he's, he does, you have these mentors and people that you have good relationships with and stuff um, because of this, but there are probably other people or entrepreneurs or people trying to be entrepreneurs that are reaching out. If, if you're calling these people every week and you genuinely want answers to questions and you're using the time that they've told you they have no problem giving, giving you, like, they're, they're going to ultimately care more, right? Like, if, if I call you a bunch of times to ask you about your diet – it's going to be different than maybe if you interviewed someone else and they're like, I'm really interested. And like, I send an email and you reply and you never hear from me again. And then a year later you get a thing. It's like, you don't, you can develop relationships, 
not fairly easily, but like that are very meaningful if you just kind of stay on top of, of this stuff. And I hear Jack have a bunch of mini conversations through, on the phone. He's He now gets calls because people know he cares so much and they have information they want to share with him. And it's like a two-way street, all these relationships. It's not really like, thanks for your time. I just need this one answer and then I'm out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like about having genuine conversations with people and, mm. and being very grateful for their time because like... I do believe time's the most valuable asset. So if anyone on earth is willing to spend, like you, for example, coming in and, and meeting with us, like we're super grateful for you sharing our story. And uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I, I think that's kind of the way you have to go about it. And I would even take it a step further. If someone reaches out to me on LinkedIn and obviously has done some research behind True and me and my story, mm. I will answer them 100% of the time. Yeah. But if someone writes me a cookie cutter email, go straight to the trash. Yeah. So... I, I say to, to Nick, you're going to reach out to someone for a sale, like find out something about them, connect with them on an individual standpoint, and most of them will get back to you. Yeah. I, I think you can get in touch with anyone in the in the world if you work hard enough to achieve that goal and do enough research. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm the same way because I've been the guy on the other side, sending the hundred LinkedIn DMs, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. trying to get one response. Absolutely. <clears throat> and it's like research on each one to figure out what the person's about and into and um yeah i'm right there with you but uh all right last word what do you guys both of you maybe individually if you want want to leave listeners with and then and then where can people follow all you're doing with true and you guys personally uh well you could follow us at drink true uh no e uh on yeah, instagram yeah no e on t-r-u Nick and I aren't the best spellers. We missed the E. <laughs> yeah. Way back from off yeah. uh, So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, our website's drinktrue.com. Um, I mean, takeaways for me is, yeah, obviously we love sharing our story and that's fun and everything. But for me, it's like really getting to see how passionate you are about your story and, and changing into more of a plant-based lifestyle and the effects that it has had. I don't want to say I've drawn the line in the sand already after an hour, but I, I'm very interested in kind of adopting that lifestyle as well to see how it affects me personally, but also how it affects our efficiency in the office. So, yeah, thanks, Pat. I love that. All yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. No, for sure. I think all the, you know, any, any nudges in the right direction of like taking care of yourself, general health, like a diet is huge. Um, I've definitely been looking for stuff like this and I'm sure, you know, the research and stuff will nudge me even further, but just a thought to, to leave with is I think everything kind of comes full circle and like taking care of yourself, taking care of those around you, got to take care of yourself. For, all, all that stuff is very important. And I think it's, it's pretty cool to have a team and stuff like that, but Jack's built the team from him, you know? So it's cool to watch him now, but I wish I could have been a fly on the wall five, six years ago and seen some of that stuff because I think that's where the real meat is. Um, now, now I wish we had a fly on the wall watching us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we do. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, I, I think I got a lot out while we were talking. I learned a lot. So it was, it was a really cool experience for me. First time on a podcast, too, so... Well, beautiful. It's it's yeah. kind of your first time on a podcast. You did way better than me. So it's no, like, right, no, I just no. all start podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we sign off, shout out to you guys. Like I know how hard it is to start something. I know how hard it is to make healthy decisions. I love what you guys are doing. Love your attitude with everything. And uh, 
Thank you. Yeah. I definitely want to keep in touch and help out and be a part of this any way I can. And uh, just salute you guys. You guys cool. are great dudes. Thank you. You too, Pat. Thanks. Cool. You All right. Well, yeah. we'll catch you. Turn